their speakers, authors, and real-life rock stars, bringing you life-changing thoughts that rock. Taking conversation all the way to 11. Most shows only go to 10. Well, it's one louder, isn't it? These go to 11. To 11. This is Thoughts That Rock. Now, here are your hosts, Jim Knight and Grant Menzwar. Your name is Alan Schaefer, oh, you own Bending the Get Together, oh, you're a behavior specialist, oh, you change many lives, oh, in your personal lives, oh, you're married to Teresa, oh, with a dog named Rock, oh, you're the luckiest man, oh. <laughs> You see what we did there? Who would have guessed Opera Man would have shown up? Yes. For Alan Schaefer. Well, I did because we just wrote wrote that two minutes ago. We apologize to the people next door who were going, what is happening in that office over there? Yes. I just choked on my own spit. (laughs) Let me speak for you while you're getting through your spittle. Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on Thoughts That Rock. (sighs) It it is the podcast that is about exchanging two, not one, but two pieces of life-changing advice. And we try and just put that into a 30 to 45-minute bucket. Bucket of spit. Yeah, this episode is brought to you by... Certified Rocks. I love those guys. Our fully customized leadership training program with half day, mm-hmm. full day, oh, yeah. and virtual versions. Do we do a virtual version? Check it out at CertifiedRockstar.com. Thoughts That Rock help support Cannonball Kids Cancer love and their those fight guys. for finding and funding treatment options for kids who've run out of options. They are amazing. Check them out at Cannonball Kids Cancer. You going to do that the whole episode? Org. <laughs> Cannonball Kid Cancer. Listen. Dot org. If yes. you like the show, <laughs> please do. take a moment and give a four, five stars, not four, five star rating and write a review. And listen, it better say something nice. As your mom always said, if you can't say something nice, yeah, at least give it a five-star review. She always said, we're having eggs and clean your room. <laughs> that's that's, that's all that she said. What yeah. kind of household did you grow up in? <laughs> that's it. What's for dinner? We're, eggs. we're pretty militaristic. That's <laughs> we're all we eggs. Listen, we know how busy you are. And grabbing those little nuggets we like to say of wisdom, you know what a nugget is, right? Mm, it, just just small enough mm-hmm. that it can amp up your life, but it makes a huge difference. Yeah. But honestly, doesn't matter what you're doing right does now. Not. I bet. I bet. Mm-hmm. I'm just guessing. I'm spitballing here. I bet you're doing two things at once. I am. Like you're listening to the show, yeah. uh-huh. but you could also be doing something else. Like, I don't know, sending your kid to a boarding school. Hey. Get out of here. You're never going to mount anything. Maybe you're running with the devil. Running with the devil. Maybe you're eating rice-a-roni on a cable car. Rice-a-roni. The San Francisco treat. Doesn't matter to us. We just want to be the 30, 40 minutes you've been waiting for all week. Let's do it. Bubble. Our guest today, after way too long. Way too long. Is our longtime friend, one of our best friends, Mr. Alan Schaefer, the founder and CEO of Banding People Together, who we've talked about many times on this show. Almost First, every other I, show. <laughs> it's hard. It's, he's, left a, he's left a stain on us. Let's just say that. <laughs> Alan, welcome to Thoughts That Rock. Oh, man. I'm, I'm happy to be here. You know, I mean, I have no grudges. I got bumped for COVID. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> well, a lot of people did for almost a year. It's, you know, I'm telling you. Listen, stain. I haven't left many. I haven't. I haven't left any stain since my rock and roll days. I was gonna say that's that is not a, an intro you've probably heard very much. He's left a stain on us, uh, but in a good way. In a good way. In that. In, in sort of a birthmark kind of way. You know, it's 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 one of those things that. Uh, you know, we go back a long ways. Uh, mm-hmm. Full disclosure, you know, Alan is one of my absolute best friends. Um, started an organization called Banning People Together. Uh, was uh, ha- had met up with Jim when Jim was still working at Hard oh, yeah. Rock, and yep. and uh, it was just a it's sort of been a crazy serendipitous circle here. A little. I was just going to say something. I know you it's were. It's a menage a man. Um, but it's, uh, it, it's been a uh, just an incredible, gosh, man, how long has it been now? We Nine years, something like that? 
Nine years, yeah. <laughs> what a long, strange trip it's been. <laughs> so here's, so even crazier, Alan and I met each other uh, playing a charity event at in St. Pete at Tradewinds. Oh, that's funny. And uh, it was like this. They put together this crazy all-star band with uh, Buck Dharma and uh, Robin Zander. Mm. Uh, like they had he like this crazy, this crazy band. Mark Barnard. That's right. Grand Mark, that's right. And uh, Alan's band, uh, Five Star Iris, uh, was playing, and we were like the opener for the opener. So we hmm. get to open for Alan, <laughs> which was great. So wild. <laughs> you, know, you know you're in trouble. <laughs> and that's so wild. We've actually now had meetings. We had the, uh, the guy who was the president and CEO and the GM that was uh, a high school buddy of mine who actually ran Trade Winds has yeah. been on the show. Yeah. How, wow. how, what a, what what a, a small world. I know, right? Crazy. Well, listen, Alan. And, go ahead, bud. I was going to say, and for Jim, uh, I met Jim through uh, through the wonderful Cat Cole. I remember meeting yeah. her at a at like a you know a baby shower or something, and she was meeting a friend of uh, a mutual friend, and she said, you know, oh, you've got to meet my friend Jim Knight. He's who I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> well, <laughs> the ro- the roles have reversed. <laughs> oh, how the roles yeah, have reversed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's she's super adulting. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, she yeah, is. We're so gracious to invite me down, and you know, and from there, you know, met people like Brandon Hill, who's who's under. So it's like it's just been a been an amazing thing. We're we're all very very fortunate. Yeah. Well, honestly, it's your, you know, I know we were all interconnected. I mean, we're one degree separation with about 10, 12 people at this point, but no lie in the introduction. I know, Brent, you were just saying this, but don't we probably talk about banding people together or Alan specifically, yeah. you know, maybe not every third, but it's, it's quite often. Or, I mean, this yeah. thing's brought up. People are probably going, I don't even think this person exists. <laughs> so now he's finally he's here. The man, the myth, the yes. legend. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm flattered. And, and I will tell you, as we jump into this, this is just a this is a special thing because besides like all the extremely unique adventures we've had all over the place like the three of us um I've learned a lot from you guys and so I'm looking forward to learning more today well that's awesome I've learned a lot from one of you guys a lot <laughs> and uh what? what that sounds wrong that's how it works that's, that's how, how it works, works. <laughs> we're gonna have Alan's full bio Definitely. posted in the show notes you've got to go check it out because he's done some I mean just bonkers amazing things uh, he is an incredibly successful entrepreneur recording artist songwriter consultant uh, he worked with Electra Records uh, him and his twin brother Rob co-founded tourdates.com back when there was this thing called the internet that was invented they had this idea to actually put their tour dates somewhere where fans could see it wouldn't you know it was a multi multi million dollar idea they sold that company in this incredible rags to riches story that sort of pivoted back to rags <laughs> which is a which is a whole other a whole other episode for us to dive That's into not how someday. the movie is supposed to end it's uh, not wait, so you never saw the atlanta journal uh, article on the front page that said uh, dot com twin sing the blues oh, oh no <laughs> ouch that's ouch. gotta be framed somewhere well yes. him and his brother are in a band called five star iris alan mm. being the front man and rob being the bass player uh they received all kinds of airplay nationwide uh worked with grammy award winning producers were in you know magazines like spin they just uh, they, they played uh, how many countries did you guys play alan for the military uh 17 18 something like that yeah, i mean there's not many guys we know that can say they spent new year's eve at guantanamo bay mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> yeah it's a yeah. Li- little bit crazy yeah, i was not in solitary <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. he was a guest he was a guest he wasn't actually yes there uh you know, he, he sort of took everything that he learned um, in the band world of, of to, be, to be quite frank and honest, a poor leader uh, in his band and sort of owned that and became this student of collaboration and what it takes to really work well together. Mm-hmm. He took all of the, that information and, and ideas and, and put them to good use by creating banding people together. Um, which is uh, honestly one of the most amazing organizations uh, I have ever seen. Not never mind a part of it's. It's been an honor to be a part of it and sort of 
from from the early 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 days of, of just Alan and I um, having a chance to be in the trenches together and and seeing what that mm-hmm. is. But to be honest with you, he's taken it to this level that is like, well, who, who would have guessed six seven years ago when we were competing with the balloon animal guys <laughs> that uh, here we are all these years later with these mind blowing. Um, uh, reports and assessments and this ability to really diagnose where people are failing in the collaboration space and just being able to get people to perform at the highest levels and have fun while they're doing it. It's, it's such a novel concept, mm-hmm. um, but uh, he is the mastermind behind it all. You have to go to, to, to banning people together.com when you get a chance and take a look at what he's doing, but that's not what we're talking about today. Although I will add this. Yeah. Some of my favorite times on the planet has been when the three of us and the banding people together crew are all together when we're at some event. Yeah. And I might be speaking to him one thing in the morning and then we've got BPT in the afternoon and we're all hanging out. You guys are singing on stage with a free little rock concert. Yep. Those days stick in my mind forever. I I, I love it. Man, those, yeah, those, a point in time. uh, Yeah. That's, we call it that an annuity. Yes. Never forget that. That's the truth. Yeah. That's the truth. Well, listen, brother, you know that uh, we could go on literally for an hour just talking about all the incredible stuff that you've accomplished. But what we want to do today is sort of jump to that juicy piece of advice that you're going to share with the listeners to, to sort of maybe help them move forward a little bit in their life. So the stage is yours. What is your thought that rocks? Thoughts that rock. Number one. My thought that rocks. Uh, and by the way, thank you for all the kind words. Uh, super, super humbled. Um, uh, and, and you guys are, uh, you guys are, and especially Brand has experienced some of what I'm going to talk about today. But here's the thought that rocks: force is almost always met with resistance. Ooh, now, are, yes. you, are you just bringing up some bad blood between you and me, <laughs> yes. or what? Are you, you're gonna have dun, to explain dun, 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 dun. Here we go. <laughs> Listen, if one of yours in the hospital, you put two others in the morgue, and not put Yes, yes, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I'm telling you, Alan and I have had like we should be. They Rocky could have been the real life story of Alan and I for years and years and years until really? we, until we figured our shit out. Um, but you know, before that, I just I'm curious. So. Where, where does this come from? How are you using it? Talk, talk to us. So this, this was inspired. Uh, there's a very, very brilliant uh, PhD uh, and uh, behaviorist, a guy named Dr. David R. Hawkins. Hmm. And he, act, has, he has a book called Power Versus Force, The Hidden Determinant of Human Behavior. Um, and just, it's not for the faint of heart. It's no easy read. <laughs> so... Um, but this whole idea that, um, you know, it's, I've sort of borrowed from it, but that this idea that, you know, um, I think this is an irrefutable law of the universe. Like, if you bang your head against something uh, that, that can't move, uh, you're going to get hurt. And so uh, maybe another way to think about this is, you know, when we've, all of us have experienced this idea of trying to fit a square peg in a circle, right? Yeah. Doesn't work. And so, you know, we hear about things like flow, right? Being in the groove and flow. And force is really the opposite of that. And so, you know, it shows up in a number of different ways that I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll be able to talk about together. But, um, you know, Brant, you've, <laughs> you know, you've experienced force for me. How'd that feel? <laughs> Amazing. Uh, <laughs> You know, the, so the interesting thing is, so I, I will say this, that I think that your relationship with someone, if we're, if let's, let's just talk, I mean, this is sort of a universal law, but if we're going to talk about this from person to person for a second, um, I think the relationship with somebody has a profound effect on how force feels. Uh, and, and whether or not you are, you know, respecting someone or you're honoring them or you love them, you believe in them, all those things affect how force feels, I, I believe. Um, but I also think it, it sort of determines the amount of resistance (laughs) 
<laughs> that can come as well. If I, if you don't know someone um, and they're challenging something that is is a sort of a non-negotiable for you, then that can be really met with a ton of resistance. But if I know someone, I know their heart, I know that they're good people, then then I'm still going to meet them with some level of resistance, but it might not be what it, what it would be if I didn't know or have any sort of context around what was happening. Does that make sense? Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. And I would also add that, you know, force causes misalignment and misalignment mm. causes conflict. Mm. So like if you put it in the context of, you know, two people kind of butting heads, maybe both wanting things their way, um, you know, uh, force is trying to kind of force is trying to like break through the line. Yep. Um, usually people who are using force aren't really, um, thinking in terms of influence. They're just thinking of like, well, I'm just going to break through the wall mm-hmm. and, you know, Hey, there'll be some, there'll be some bodies on the ground, but Hey, we'll score the touchdown. Right. 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 I, I you know, th- I, I've shared the story before when I was a trainer, at Hard Rock. So I, first off, I love this quote because it's true. I mean, it's the law of nature, right? Of course, there's going to be resistance. But I remember I was a pretty tough trainer, like working for the corporate support center. If we were doing a company-owned business, you had to do things a certain way. And so at that time, my influence, my impact was was limited, but at least for the host or for this particular opening, you will do it this way or else. You start getting into the franchise world or the joint venture world where you don't have any real impact and influence. It is all, you know, not not with power. You can't do it with force. You've got to throw your arms around people and show the love and, and, and the way it could be done because there'll be some awesome, awesomeness that comes out of it. And my point is, I think if I were to have gone into every situation with this force, of course, there'd be resistance. And I clearly remember you know, people stomping on me. I would have a franchise owner that would say, <laughs> okay, corporate guy, like say whatever you want. Yeah. But as soon as you leave two weeks from now, yeah. we're going to do things the way we're going to do it here. And it was, it was quite humbling. So I think, you know, maybe the question is when you think about us living our lives, and again, I know Brant, you were talking about this personally, but us, li- you know, living out our lives, if you're going to be met with some force, and there's going to be some resistance. What are some ways that you can overcome that or yeah. deal with that? Because clearly people have difference of opinions, particularly, you know, the, these days. So maybe uh, start with Alan, but then I'd love to get your thoughts as well. Yeah. You, you know, um, for another just frame of reference, let's, if we talk about the opposite of force, right? The opposite of force is influence mm-hmm. yep. and, and influence has real power to it because it, it, it kind of goes on its own and it flows. And like, uh, for those who are listening, who are familiar with, you know, the legendary Bruce Lee, mm-hmm. you know, there's a very famous, famous, uh, interview with him where he's holding a glass of water. And he's like, water can take the shape of anything. He goes, be the water. Yeah. And what be the water is really speaking to flow. And it's the opposite of force. Mm. So like, even in martial arts, this idea of using your opponent's weight, not going through them, but like, so when someone goes, to throw the punch, you're sort of moving and using their weight to, to carry them in another direction to stay out of harm's way. Yeah. You know, that's, so it's really about adaptability, but you know, what I think on a macro level, when we look at force, I think we can look at force just in the context of how we want to live our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, and I, I know that for like some of the work that, you know, that Brant does around values, you know, when, when things aren't feeling good because people, you know, you know, flock of being compromised or mm-hmm. put out the pasture and the, or, or, you know, not feeling good. There's a, there's a type of force. Um, when there's, you know, if you look at things like career or family or dating or even something like addiction, you know, people don't get clean by forcing someone to go to rehab. Right. It happens some, but ultimately the success stories happen because somebody wasn't forced they actually got to a place where they went, no, no, I'm, I'm ready to do it. Um, if you think about dating, you, you know, this is funny, as, a, as a guy, you know, we, we, we all know this. It's like you chase and you chase and you chase like Pepe Le Pew style to try and get a girl to go out with you. She wants nothing to do with you because it's force. Yeah, yeah. 
that yeah. resistance shows up in the way of, uh, I'm sorry, Jim, uh, I'm washing my hair Friday night. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I think we've probably seen so many examples of this in lives where you're, you're trying to make something happen and it just doesn't work. Right. And when you finally let go and just sort of be the water, if you will, uh, all of a sudden these amazing things are, uh, have the space to happen. Right. And I, and I think that that is, it's tough, right? Because I think our, our, I would assume that our natural instinct is to try to force something. Right. Is that, I don't even know if that's right. What would you say to that? Alan? Is that, do you feel like that's our natural instinct is to try to force something? I do. You know, I, I do think it, that's true. I think it's also relative, you know, there's certain people that are also, you know, extremely motivated. Yep. Right. And yep. so, you know, and super fixated. I mean, I'll tell you this in my five-star Irish days, look, I had a really certain high goal. And the goal was I want to be on the cover of Rolling Stone and I want to be this rock star. And, you know, when it was time to move on to the next thing, you know, I was still forcing the band thing. Yeah. And even an off the five-star Irish, look, there's a why I have former band members. Yeah. There's a lot of sport. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, I wasn't really, you know, it was a little bit of my way or the highway, but with a smile, but it was still force. And ultimately the resistance was, yeah, I'm not into doing this anymore. Or, hey, I'm going to go start a family now because the juice isn't worth the squeeze here. Mm-hmm. And so even, even being able to let go, you know, um, you know, it's, I, I think there's another piece of this that force, is also tied to a very particular outcome that we want. And I think we go fighting for an outcome. It's kind of like, you know, it doesn't give you the chance to discover where you're supposed to be. Right. Right. You've got questions. We've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. A hundred percent. You know, so let's, I'm going to use this as a, another example, something that I've sort of experienced recently, you know, with the rise of clubhouse and everybody mm-hmm. wanting to be on clubhouse. Um, one of the things that is, a, I think a perfect example of this is somebody is invited up to speak and all of a sudden here comes the st- the story, what I, what, what I call the story, right? Man, uh, you know, listen, you don't know what this is like. I grew up in a Murphy bed in a dirty alley, man. And I, you know, I, I ate out of dumpsters and, and then I had this one bedroom place that somebody let me crash at and I built an eight figure business, you know, and you and it's like they cram, they force mm-hmm. credibility um, and all that it's met with from someone like me is resistance. <laughs> I immediately go bullshit or this is ridiculous. Or how many times do I have to hear this? Just why are you leading with all of these things that immediately make me question whether you're truthful or not, mm-hmm. uh, instead of just serving the audience, instead of just making it about what somebody asked, it's not about you. It's about them. Mm-hmm. And so I don't need to know that, you know, you placed sixth in the local, you know, farming show. Uh, I, I don't really care. I just want to know whatever that piece of advice that's going to help me is. Is that, an, I, to me, that's the another type of example of force being met with resistance. Because it does the exact opposite. It does. It, it, it takes away your credibility. Now, yes. all of a sudden, everybody is shot down. The resistance is, now. Nah, I don't even care what you say. I, it doesn't care how brilliant your point is. What was the guy? You remember the guy? It was, of course. It was, in the, it was the 80s. The guy, I grew you know, I, I uh, lived in a one bedroom apartment he was a real estate guy he was like one of the first ones of you know don't use your money use i can't remember who he was he ended up going to prison that's all i remember because yeah, it was a scheme do. right 
But I mean, is that not a perfect example, Alan, of, of like, again, forcing information, forcing credibility, forcing whatever is only going to be met with resistance? Yeah. Force also, you know, what sits right adjacent, like kind of in the, in the, in the passenger seat of force are very low energy things like manipulation, Mm. (laughs) you know, like just things that are just not good for humanity that you don't need to, uh, you know, get to the place of, of happiness. Yeah. I want to take a different spin. I know we're talking a lot about force, but the second part of your thought, which I do like, it's interesting that you picked that one for a very specific reason, but I think about the resistance part, right? I think about in both of your worlds, both of you guys are accomplished musicians. I think about the music scene, which has, has really changed over time. And a lot of the different genres that happened during our lifetimes, you know, the, the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, were all bred, I think, out of this thought that you came up with, Alan. I mean, honestly, I think about the resistance of, you know, rock was born out of the blues. I think of punk being born really out of out of uh, rock and roll. I think grunge was born out of the force of, you know, the 80s classic rock. And the only reason I say that is I, I look at the entire impetus if you will of banding people together like i think the creation that that you did with that company was to help organizations with their communication and their collaboration so i have to believe and i guess this is the question do you think that this thought really helped contribute to you starting the company that resistance is good something's going to come out of it better you know, that's a really, really interesting question and a great take. I mean, the essence of, of banding starting was, it's like, oh, wow, um, why, hey, why do bands fail? And, and I finally, through a lot of inward reflection research, went, oh, I was the reason this one failed. So how do we make it so others don't? But I think you're speaking to something really interesting also, which is, you know, the ability to let go so you can evolve. So, it, so there might be some level of force, but if that, if that force pushes you to a place of being able to evolve into the next thing, that's great. Where the problem comes, if I, if I white knuckled and just held on for dear life for the band thing, banding would have never been born. Hmm. You know? And yep. so that's the, so that's the other piece of this, which is, Maybe force is also, um, and this is going to be uncomfortable for a lot of people, especially the perfectionist control freaks out there. Uh, hey, you know, watch, and I'm watch your, myself. Watch yeah, your, be careful. Watch your language. Careful. Watch Here we your go. language. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm looking in the mirror right now, um, and it's cracked. Um, but, you know, um, this idea of maybe the way you we can navigate force is by the attempt and or at least aspirational attempt to try to let go of very particular outcomes yes i told you brant <laughs> just let go <laughs> every once in a while Jeez. yeah but you know like that's the thing it's like you know hey you know you're bummed out about the house that you're trying to to, to buy that's not working out and then um and you're doing everything you can and you're trying to figure out how to make it happen then you lose it and it seems the end of the world, but then there's uh, another house that's the one that you should have been in all along. Does that sound familiar to anybody on this call? <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just so I'm just, so here know, maybe <laughs> here's here's the thing. So over the years now, you know, uh, when when things would uh, sort of get bad with Theo or or whatever we were trying to deal with, Alan. Um, being sort of one of my inner circle people who, who keeps me both uh, accountable and energized and, and not going crazy. Uh, one of the things that he would say to me all the time is, is don't buy into the illusion. And, and he would, uh, what, it took me years uh, to, to Alan's detriment of having to deal with that, <laughs> me not getting it for years. Uh, but it took me years to understand at least for me now, what that really meant when you don't buy into an illusion, you realize you don't control the outcome. Mm -hmm. And so the, this idea that you can control 
uh, an outcome for myself took, I mean, it's just a, it's a new thing. Maybe in the last two years, um, I have realized that I can't spend a single moment trying to control an outcome. I can only spend my time with deliberate intention, honoring the things that matter most to me. And if I do that really well, there's a good chance that I will influence an outcome that, that will be to my satisfaction, but I can't actually control it. It's, it's still not up to me, but I can control honoring those things, not buying into this illusion, you know, looking at the, the values that I hold near and dear and, and filtering decisions through those has really lifted the burden of what happens when you think you can control outcomes, because that comes with an enormous burden. Uh, imagine how yeah. Gandalf or, or Glinda feels, right? I mean, there's a big burden when you have that kind of power, um, but we don't. And and it's taken me, as I said, uh, Jedi, it's taken me a few, <laughs> a few years, but I finally get it. You're and, welcome. And <laughs> it's all I can really yeah, say. Right. Not you, Jedi. Oh, sorry. The other Jedi. Uh, it's really helped me not sort of want to run full speed into a, a brick wall, you know, and that's just the truth. So yeah. thank you for that. That's amazing. And, you know, and it's, and it's interesting that, and I've, you know, and I've, I've gotten to witness this in terms of how you show up and, and what's it. And I would make the argument that the amount of value that you can put in the world because of that shift and the, you know, through the work that you, you know, you, that you both do is, is, is monumental. And, you know, um, here's the other thing about force, and we haven't talked about this yet. Force is frigging exhaustive. Mm -hmm. So so think about this for a moment. Think about force as it's a locomotive, an old locomotive train. And to keep that engine going, you got to keep throwing coal in it. You never get to stop when you're in the game of force. But when you're letting go, you know, it's, that flow. And it's not that you don't care. No. It's just that you're looking at the field differently. I'll tell you this. If, uh, if Tom Brady forces a pass, there's an interception. Oh yeah. The force, force causes errors. Yep. You yeah. Know? That's right. That's right. Well, that, that story that I was sharing earlier that, you know, that's something that I learned 20 years ago. And I'll, I'll say, I thought I was a perfectionist until I meet an Allen or a brand. Like I know, <laughs> I know where you guys fall. Amateur, in, in amateur a, hour. I am an amateur when it comes to that, <laughs> but I've learned to honestly let stuff go. And I've also shared many times on the show. I have no problem in having my mind changed. Like I love that people have difference of opinions. And so I have become, you know, I might be a leader in some area, but I'm a pretty good follower because if we can have a discussion, a debate, and I can see the value of what you bring to the party, I'm okay in going there. And I think the work that you guys do, again, just to sort of put a shine on on banding people together, I think this whole idea that companies suck at communication, they suck at collaboration. You know, I think there's something that you said, Alan, that to me is profound using this thought is the these band and brand analogies. There's a reason why we all use that in our world. My whole personal brand, let alone working for two decades at hard rock and having a music degree, like I still try and immerse myself in the spirit of rock and roll. Cause if I can get people to go, this is what it's like in a rock and roll band. You can make that same connection. You can connect the dots in your own company I think it's brilliant. And and I know you guys have moved into so many awesome resources, but honestly, I think I look at the, the business that you guys are in, you're helping fix the, the internal angst, you know, the force that people have individually collaboratively with, with other teams or just, you know, the difference between what the leadership wants and what the, you know, the, the front lines are doing. So, you know, I think part of that has to deal, I think, with the uh, the, the quote that we came up with. And, and hopefully this thought is in nice uh, alignment with yours. Brent, what was our thought that rocks this week? Well, when I saw sort of what Alan was going to present, I just, I went to a, a quote from another good friend of ours, Bob Berg, mm-hmm. um, who's who's just been a, a, an enormous influence on both Jim and myself. Um, but the quote is this. Thoughts that rock, number two. Sometimes the most influential thing we can do is listen. 
And so I, I look at this and I, there's like three different angles that I look, especially, you know, Alan sort of talking earlier saying, look, the opposite of force is influence. And so looking at it sort of through that lens, I get one thing, which is, again, uh, I don't, no, no one would ever say the most forceful thing we could do is listen, right? So the idea here is the most influential thing you can do is listen, but I think it goes beyond just listening. I think listening gives us a chance to pause and reflect and think. And oftentimes knee-jerk reactions are where force, I, I believe anyways, at least from an emotional standpoint, when our emotions get really worked up high, yep. we lash out, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's that force that's coming out of us instead of giving us a, a moment to pause, a cesur as it would be. <laughs> You like that? I did. Do you know where I learned that word? <laughs> I don't know where. Eddie and the Cruisers, baby. <laughs> Eddie and the Cruisers oh my. taught me the word Sesur, which is a timely pause. <laughs> yes. I like that I now have to put Eddie and the Cruisers and Guantanamo Bay in our the show same notes. ones. Yeah. So Keep I look, going. I, yeah. <laughs> I look at this as if we think about the opposite of, of force and knowing that it's going to be met with resistance and we look at being more influential, listening. Yes. A incredibly powerful way to, to find that influence. But Alan, I'm curious from your perspective, what are some of the other things that we can do that help us not use force, but instead influence a scenario? Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. So when you were talking about not forcing listening and, and, and we were kind of having a, a laugh, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm looking at the book. The book is called Power Versus Force. So, like, the opposite of force is actually power. Mm. Mm. <laughs> but, but the thing is, it's all those things like listening and empathy yeah. and compassion and awareness. Like, those are the things that prop up power. Yeah. The things that prop up force are control and mm. manipulation yeah. and greed and jealousy, like all the low energy. Things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love that. You know what's crazy about that? We're not taught those things. Not like all. like you think no. about today, and, and our good friend Brandon Hill. I mean, he he has this whole thing about boy, he wishes we could change what happens in I, education. I right just now. wish he was a smarter guy. But really, he's you just know, like yeah. Maybe one day, one day, one day, he's he can be. get his yeah. He is like one of the smartest so, people we know. But but so, he, so let's think about this also. So one of the things, and I think this is near and dear for all three of us, because all three of us do so much, you know, um, work in, uh, around awareness and human dynamics and leadership and team performance, all this stuff in, in uh, organizations. I am of a very passionate point of view that what's happening in organizations is force when it comes to development. Mm -hmm. And one size fits all is another type of force. And it is why, and especially, you know, Brant, you experience this. How many times have people come up to you after, you know, a banding thing and said, oh, man, I had so much anxiety. You know, I thought this was going to suck because mm -hmm. every time I've ever gone to one of these things, they're trying to make me be something I'm not. That's force. Yeah. Yeah. That's why people don't want to show up and show up, uh, you know, head and heart for their development because, and I don't mean to piss off any HR people or learning people, but they've kind of screwed the pooch yeah. a little bit, some of them, which by this one size fits all. And yeah. so yeah. the resistance is I'm not going to participate. Or if it's someone in the business going, yeah, that's not worth it to have my people go through that. That's going to be a distraction instead of them getting on to the results. So, so how do we, help fix that because you know all three of us have actually facilitated we've spoken in front of you know groups like hr or or maybe trying to get in front of a leadership group to bring this a little bit more to light i know the work that you guys do if they're lucky enough to have you guys come in for three four hours to do a litany of things and they can take the assessment i think you're going to get them outside of that where do people get it because here's the problem I, honestly i think that People don't really get a lot, if any, training on, let's say, listening. We'll just start with that since that's in Bob Berg's quote, right? When you think about the way people communicate, we have a ton of education on how to write. Like I, we, we all took writing classes. We all took 
speech classes, even if it was in high school or college or whatever, we've had nothing on listening. And usually, you know, you get exposed to the art of listening when you do, in fact, like you just said, Alan, take some sort of personal development business course, or maybe somebody decides they want to bring in somebody like Bob Berg or Franklin Covey. And I guess my point is, and here's here's sort of the moment of truth for you guys. How do you do this, let's say, in your own company with banding people together when you, in fact, have a bunch of strong-willed rock stars, right, who are actually supposed to be teaching this concept? I'd like mm-hmm. to know that. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting. What I have found in this really, this is so central to the idea of power and not force. Um, the what is not super hard to align on. The why is not super hard to align on. But the how is where everybody has a whole bunch of different opinions. Yep. Mm-mm. And so if you're really open-minded, truly open-minded, and we all think we're more open-minded than we, than we would like to believe, right? But if you're truly open-minded, you know, it's about, you know, hey, I, I've, I've seen this from, uh, from you guys. Change what's possible. You know, yeah. How do you change what's possible? You have to be open to what's possible. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think what, and so, yeah, what you just said, too, okay. to me – it, it makes all the sense in the world, right? So, so if we break this into the what, why, and how, um, the how is is incredibly difficult because everyone's got their own opinion as to where things are going to go. But if the what and why are not in alignment, man, the how is virtually impossible. I mean, it is so much more difficult when the what and why are not aligned. But most people want to gloss over that and jump right to the execution of how we're going to actually do it. Mm-hmm. And, and a, I came across a quote a couple of days ago that I ended up resharing because is it mine? It wasn't yours because uh. I, I said I wanted to reshare it. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, so I, I I did see this. It was from Ben Franklin, and and who it it made me. He's a I think he's on like the hundred dollar bill. Um, he gave this quote that sort of made me pause for a second because I wasn't quite thinking of it in the way that he said it, but this is what he said. He said, tell me and I forget, teach me and I remember, but involve me and mm-hmm. I learn. Mm-hmm. And, mm. and I think we focus so hard on teaching with the goal to be comprehension, right? This is what, but they don't teach us to listen, but they want us to comprehend. And when you take these tests, you have these comprehension tests, but that's really not the same as mm-hmm. how do you listen? Um, they just expect you to understand whatever it is that the, they're trying to get across to you. But I look at that and go, you know, if we have self-awareness, we know we can't just tell, right? So we move from tell to teach, but man, we have to get to involving others. I believe this is what made banding such a meteor. Uh, meteoric mm-hmm. a meteoric success I agree was because they involved people it wasn't hey I'm going to tell you what you're doing wrong or even I'm going to teach you how to do it right it was let's involve you in the process mm-hmm. and when they do that they actually learn and that's why companies experience behavior change that's why companies experience a change in what's possible that's why they experience a, a, a stronger bottom line less problems more alignment all the things that come when banding does its work because they involve people and it's not a lecture and it's not something that is just, I'm going to teach you this and I'm going to let you go. Mm-hmm. That is one of the big issues I see in corporate America today is they love to teach, but they don't want to involve. Yeah. And you know, you're, you're actually also now hinting at another thing, you know, in this day and age where the, just the word inclusion is so important. Let me ask either, either of you. Yeah. Does inclusion have a place on the, does force have a place on the bus of inclusion? Oh man, I, I can tell you that if you are forced to be included, it doesn't feel good <laughs> that, that much. Right. I know, right? No, but if you reverse engineer it, if, you know, and I, I came out of, um, you know, the, the land of misfit toys. And if you think about hard rock, if you were inclusive, now there's power, there's power in numbers with right. people that are unique right. and different. And yeah. so now you're back to the rock and roll analogy. Again, yeah. you get these people that are just, they're misfits have been playing in their rooms since they were 10, 11 years old, a guitar, piano, whatever. They don't have anywhere else to go. They don't have any other skills. They didn't really want any other skills. 
And, and you put those people together, and that's why, you know, a band like you 2 is only four humans, but they're the most powerful band right now on the planet. And I think you guys get a chance to do that. I, I just, the, the work, again, I know we're talking a lot about banding, but there's a reason why. I just think that that company that you started, dude, is amazing. And people versus thinking about doing some, like you said, balloon animals and team building. It's not about that. <laughs> and that's for real. <laughs> exactly. Snake. <laughs> Snake here. That's all I got. I, I think if you get enough people that are unique and different, but yet like-minded around some sort of goal that you can galvanize them, get out of the way. There's, there's massive power there. Oh, yeah. And now, you know, and maybe one of the ideas, you want to what is the most powerful part of power truth yeah truth is another one of those things that is ultimately driving power yeah you know uh and if you even think like brant for whenever we had our our, our storms yep. when we got to the truth yeah when we got to the truth there was no more force it's the truth that is the truth yeah. i mean as simple as that so you have to you have to be willing to invest in it whether it's with a person or on this kind of larger level and now we've just evolved to this place around here where we're just using data in a way that I would have never thought possible. If you would have told me that I was going to turn into a data nerd, my goodness, I would have said you're crazy. But yeah, tell us how, data, how that works. Tell, tell us about the data part as we sort of get to the end here. Yeah, we're we are legitimately behaviorally engineering chemistry, and Brant heard about this forever. And you know what's funny, Brant? You know, I, I was always looking years and years out. Brant's like, hey, yo, no mess. Uh, uh, what about now? <laughs> we could be doing a bazillion events. I'm tired of ramen. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm eating ramen, and you're like you're like going futurist nutty over there. But the whole idea, and when we started with the assessments and whatnot, was not to be another diagnostic, but to get to a place of saying, hey, when you put these five people together, what does the data say beyond personality around what kind of what's their sound mm-hmm. individually and collectively? You know, again, the antithesis of one size fits all. Hey, take take this person out of the sound and add another person. Guess what? The sound just changed. Yeah. So it's really an engineering perspective, and it's using that data all the way down to be able to, you know, benchmarking um, that demonstrates best practices. We have a client that's got, you know, sixty, you know, or has three thousand stores, and they were looking for a particular position to figure out, well, what are we calling great here? We were able to build a data model that said, out of these 20 people, here are your top four. Here's the people that are on the bottom four that are going to take the most effort and investment to get to that top spot. And so now you can make a different talent decision. So mm. really what's, interesting, what's evolved kind of from collaboration is now really high performance, how do you optimize the right talent and just use data to do it? And what I will suggest is personality is a part of it, but it's not enough. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Well, well, dude, that is, that is really exciting. I know we've already talked about, you know, trying to get people to go to banding people together.com. I mean, what, what else could we do to get people to see the things that you're doing or maybe just stay connected to you if they want to get more information, where can we send them? Uh, you know, I'm I'm pretty I'm super active on LinkedIn. There's bits where I will go for months at a time and post every day. And okay. Sometimes uh, not as much, but LinkedIn. You know, just Alan Schaefer. You know, uh, on LinkedIn, and uh, and I love hearing from people. You know, people can email me directly at you know a l a n Alan at bandingpeopletogether dot com. And if there's something that resonated, or you have a question, or a thoughtful, respectful challenge. You know, bring it. I'd love to love to hear about it. Well, we love you, man. You know, like I said love earlier, you. we've had such a blast. Uh, whenever we've been able to do work together, but just us hanging out, sometimes you know, singing a little bit in some of your friends' living rooms. You know, for for eight people yeah. for taco night is like, you know, that's fun. Singing in women's bathrooms at some conferences, which is a whole different <laughs> yeah, story. Listen, I don't want to know anything about. Yes, that. but there's video proof yes. of that. I, I just I, I love referring people. On. I love referring people to banding, and it's it honestly. It's just one of my 
good joys to be around people like you. And we've just we've had a, a great fun ride for the last ten years. And Brian, I know you guys just you've actually worked together for the last ten years, yeah. and, and that's got to be a great joy. Well, he's listen. There's a reason he's one of my best friends. There's a reason that uh, you know our relationship has survived uh, because we we truly care and love each other. I mean, it's something that uh, yep. we want each other to succeed um, in spite of ourselves, and that's mm-hmm. not that's rare. <laughs> yeah, that's a rare. Yeah thing you know um it doesn't mean we don't have bruises and scars that that uh from from our drag we used to literally end each conversation with do you still want to choke my throat (laughs) and that's that's the truth yes we did that was like if you still wanted to choke the other person the conversation wasn't over yet you had to get beyond the choking yeah that's the next thought that rocks that's gonna be your thought that is so you know you know it's it's been amazing brother yeah, well, guys, I will tell you, I'm I'm humbled. I'm, I'm so so uh, honored to be on your on your podcast. It's just amazing to watch uh, the cool stuff that you guys both individually and collectively do. And Jim, um, I want to really thank you. You are a you are a champion of banding and putting us in front of you know important people early on that are still you know important to the banding uh, ecosystem. So thank you for that. And and you know. Um, uh, Bud, as, as I as I, as we call each other, Brant, uh, there's banding would not be banding without your contribution and the soul and grit. Uh, and so I just love you both and really really appreciate the time today and and uh, thank you for allowing me to share my thoughts. Man, well, it's a full on love fest man, over here, here with the three of us. Not not yet. Here's my parting <laughs> shot. Oh, here we go. Here's my parting shot from one perfectionist to another. Put out the goddamn book. Put yes. out the yes. book. I am so over your already. perfectionist <laughs> nature. Put out the book so people can learn. Come Stop on, being a greedy in. bastard. The water's warm out here, brother. Come on. <laughs> you, wait, you mean the one that I wrote two years ago? That's yes. Yeah, yes. That, one, that, one. that one that you've still been nitpicking over? <laughs> yes, that one. Oh, called out like a biatch. Yes. yes, indeed. Yes. That's fair. That is totally fair. All right. Okay. I'm going to do it. Good. I, I'm going to do it. Then you guys can help me get it into the world. That's we can do. what we will that. do. We can, Done. we can make that happen. Done. All right, man. Well, listen, we're going to let you go. We, we love you a lot. And uh, this won't be the last time we've got you on the show. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll do this again. That was awesome. All right. Thanks, guys. Rock on. You're thanks, the best. Brother. See you later. Hey, rock stars. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode. Yeah, and if you're interested in having Brant or me or both of us speak at your event, whether as a webinar for a virtual event or in person as a conference keynote, contact us directly at thoughtsthatrock.com. Until next time, rock rock on. Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.